Swim radio. Swim radio. Don't get it twisted. The best music. The best of the best, and I'm hush master shoot six. You are listening in the swim radio. It's hot on WNUA. Amherst. 91.1. Swim. Radio. 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 Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. We're here on the air. This is Swim Radio. This is DJ Phantom. Shout out to the OG Phantom, Jackie Herman. I know you're listening. And I'm DJ Frank Genius. And today we're here with a very special guest. Uh, his name is Poolfire. He's a local artist um, out of Amherst, Massachusetts. What's up, everybody? This is Poolfire. Hi. We're on. So we're here. We're going to ask Poolfire some questions, get into uh, a bit of the music stuff. Um, so starting it off, what are you up to, man? You're doing the music stuff? You're working? Yep. I am, you know, doing, doing that, doing the music stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We just put out a new song. And by we, I mean me and everybody else who's involved in it. And it's called Serotonin Pockets. And it's out on Spotify. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've just been enjoying putting that out and letting it um, finally see the light of day. I've had it for about like six months or so that we've just been steadily chipping away at it. And it finally got to the point where it was good enough to put out into the world. So I'm letting it breathe. It's a killer song. I just yeah. want to say that um, first and foremost. That's the attitude you gotta have, though. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta, gotta be like, your own biggest you, fan. You gotta I, know your stuff's good to put it out. You know what I mean? I don't. I I never know for sure, but like something I do with like any time I put any song out, like the only ones that actually make it out, I've been listening to for the last six months on repeat. Yeah. Because I don't know about you guys, but I always get so tired of. Like, I'll wear out music for myself. Yeah, so I'm the same way. No, I know. I always have a favorite song. And, like, you know, three months after, like, three months after I find it, it's like, I can't listen to it exactly. anymore. Exactly. Like, I listen to it so much. For sure. Yeah. I exactly. get super into bands, and then I'm just like, I'm done with that. But them. that's something I did want to ask you. So you do listen to your own music a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go no, ahead. you go ahead. You go ahead. Well, so do you, you record, will you, like, record a bunch of demos and then listen back to them and be like, oh, this one actually I, I could maybe do something with? I don't know. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. How, how many unreleased songs do you think you have like that will never see the light of day? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's really the process. Like, I will make a ton of demos, mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons. Or I wouldn't even call them demos. A lot of time it's just like, you know, you write like a little riff mm-hmm. or you write like a little line. Or sometimes when I'm on the toilet, I'll come up with like a really good <laughs> lyric or something and sometimes it's even just a word and I'll throw it in the notes app and then I sit on it for a long time and then um you know eventually I can't feel my legs when I stand up <laughs> and then I'll go back to the notes app and look at the lyric and then I'll be like oh that's actually pretty cool and then I'll try and make a song around it mm. and sometimes it comes out good sometimes it comes out bad so do you mostly start <clears throat> songs with like a guitar part is that like what it mostly is or it's like a melody idea or like a lyric or something like that um yeah yes and no i don't know so it just yeah it's like this Mm -hmm. oh this has to happen like raspberry lips that that song i wrote like just in one night two hours of 
bing, 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 and that, it was complete. Well, that's what they say. Sometimes, sometimes people say, you know, like the, the best music is the easiest to make. Yeah. Do you feel like that's true? Um, to a degree, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a big... Easiest to make. Yeah. Do you feel like that's true? Um, to a degree, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a big... I'm an avid believer in the SpongeBob philosophy of kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, most of my... Uh, Raspberry Lips was a one-off... Or actually got a new guitar today. That one was also like a bing, 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 and it just came out. I didn't even think that one would see the light of day, but mm-hmm. I just put it out because I was like, you know what? It's pretty good. But um, yeah. a lot of them, most of them take a long, long, long time. And maybe it's because Raspberry Lips was like completely self-done and so was got a new guitar today, mm. um, at least in the writing process. Okay. But a lot of the other ones, like, I'll collaborate with producers. Um, shout out my boy, Cool Kojak. Shout out my boy, Phil Grease. Those shout are my, them. my dudes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll want to put a little some. And, oh, actually, shout out Bigfoot as well. He, mm. he threw down heavy on serotonin pockets. But, um, yeah, you know, like, when you're working with other people, there's a lot bouncing, ooh, bouncing stuff back and forth. Yeah. So maybe that just makes it take a little longer. Yeah, so um, let's take it back a little bit. Um, I guess the question we have is, when did you start doing music? I know it's a super broad question, but... <laughs> um, let's see. When I was eight years old, I was, like, really, really into Green Day. Super into Green Day. <laughs> and I told my mom I wanted to start playing guitar because I wanted to be in a band, like a rock band. I wanted to be the front man in it and all this stuff. And... She was like, yeah, you should do guitar. That would be sweet. I was like, oh, wow, that was really easy. And then she was like, yep, so you should get started on acoustic guitar. And I was like, oh, (laughs) you don't understand the rock star lifestyle, mom. (laughs) I need to be drinking a trillion beers at age eight, slamming on an electric guitar, ripping solos. And she just didn't understand that. My parents were the same way. Um, (laughs) I know how you mentioned Green Day. I actually read this in a previous interview that you mentioned Green oh. Day. Um, I was just curious to what your favorite Green Day album was. Uh, well, I think, honestly, the one that made me love them was uh, American Idiot because that was what came out when I was younger. And I was like, ooh, this is crazy. I got, actually, I got a bootleg version of it because I was visiting my family in Guatemala. And, like, over there, they'll, well, I don't think they still do it, but... Back in the day, they used to just sell, like, bootleg CDs on, like, the side of the street. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we would look around, and they had, like, you know, it wasn't easy to find a bootleg Green Day one. But then I saw one, and I was like, oh, I know those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Was the cover all weird and stuff, too, or is it like... Yeah, it was, like, like printer paper. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) And, And then I got it, and I was, like, so nervous to play it in the car because I knew it had swear words in it. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I've always felt guilty about swear words when I was a kid. Yeah. That's always, that was like one of the funniest things. I remember I took um, drum lessons yep. and, and then I wanted to take like music production lessons. And the, the guy I went to take lessons from was like, so this is what you need to get. Like, I know it kind of costs a lot, but here's what you're going to do. Play your mom some music you like, make sure it doesn't have swears in it. And then be like, mom, I need to, 
I need to buy this equipment so I can, you know, make <laughs> so stuff like this. Nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he, was re- he was really trying to get me into the game, I guess. Dude's a salesman. Uh, yeah, no, for <laughs> real. Um, so did you take lessons or did you just learn it by yourself? Um, I did take lessons for a little while. Mm-hmm. I took um, probably a few months or so. And they tried to, like, teach me the foundations and all that stuff. And I was like, dude, can I just keep it real with you? Like, I just want to learn Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was pretty cool. Like, he was like, all right, yeah, I'll teach you Green Day. So he taught me, like, power chords, taught me all the old Green Day stuff and and the solo to Holiday and, you know, the cool stuff I wanted to learn. And then um, then I stopped taking lessons pretty shortly after. Mm -hmm. And so when – so you – you're a rock fan, right? You're listening to Green Day. This is what the music you love. And then you start and you become Young Face. <laughs> yeah. And I so did. how does that happen? Um, Where does the transition come? I don't know. I wouldn't even say it's a transition. I mean, like, I like rock music and I like, I like every type of music. I mean, I really, my whole thing is not putting myself in a box. Because mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to be in a box, then I would go be in a box. And I'm not in a box. I'm out. I'm breathing. I'm living my life, eating whatever food I want. I just had a four for four from Wendy's. Nice. So love it. You know, just gotta life short. Don't constrict yourself. Constraint yourself. Autoerotic asphyxiate yourself. Don't do that. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I think. Not the... speaking from experience. <laughs> a friend told me. I think that not. Okay, I tried it one okay. time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Damn, for real, bro? Are we still talking about this? Let's <laughs> move forward. All right. Well, I was going to say, I think I think that not confining yourself to a box does shine through in your music. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, so I think it's clear rock is your, like your biggest influence, but what would you say like, comes second? Um, I mean, rock's up there, but, you know, honestly, like, I love, um, like, Latin music. Okay. Um, I do love rock music. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked System of a Down oh, nice. when I was younger. I loved them. Yeah. Like, the melodies and everything. What oh, You know what it is? It's not a genre, but um, you know what I love listening to is, like, any type of music where there's a melody or something about it that is both catchy and haunting. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the two things I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's got to, like, come back to me over and over again, and it's got to, like haunt me for a while like what are some like songs or like moments in songs or instruments or sounds that you can recollect that really like gave you that feeling uh one that recently did was um and it's surprising like i i don't really listen to this artist too much but um he's more kind of like in the pop world but have you heard uh i'm trying to think what it's called i forget what the name of the song is it's by kenny hoopla mm-hmm Oh, Lost Cause. Okay. Yes. Lost Cause. Kenny Lost Hoopla. Cause by Kenny Hoopla. And what was it about the song? Just something about when the bass line is it starting out, it's like boom, 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 boom. I don't know. It's really... Just got you. Yeah, it got me. I was like, ooh. So when hot. when you hear songs like that, does it kind of like inspire you and make you and make you like go, you know, go to the laptop, go to like the, the bass and be like, okay, how can I do something that gives me the same feeling as this? Or is it more like a subconscious like you just oh i like this like um and then you try different things i think it's uh like i don't know like here's the thing i love music but and i and i have to tell my manager this all the time because like he'll always ask about you know he'll, he'll try and get me to like check out music and stuff and like 
ask what I like. And the reality is I don't listen to that much music. Mm, I really wow. don't at all. And, you know, I think in a way it kind of forces me to make music that I do enjoy. Because um, then, I don't know, like, I want to listen to music. I just, it takes so much effort for me uh, to go and find stuff I like. For sure. And, you know, I know a lot of people fall into the same thing where it's like they listen to the same thing for the last seven years. Yeah. So for me, I'm just like, well... I would like to hear new music, but I don't know where to look for it, so I might as well make it. <laughs> I think that's pretty interesting. I know uh, most of the people that I know that are musicians and artists um, honestly aren't the biggest like music listeners, which I always find crazy. Wow. But uh, so, are you? Do you think you're your most listened to artist? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's great. I think that's like exactly how you want it to be. Like if your music is good enough that you can like listen to it that much, I think wow. that's that's what you want. I mean, usually I'm listening to it very critically to try right. and find things I want to correct or whatever. Of course. Um, but yeah, probably. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to do some of what you like to listen to the most. We're going to play your song Radio Man. Um, how old is this song now? Um, this song Actually, it's recent, so, right? Yeah, we put this out in uh, November. Mm-hmm. I think we put it out November 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny story. So we actually put it out, or I keep saying we. I put it out. I put <laughs> it out, uh, I believe, in like March or April or something. And, dude, like, I I felt like this song was special because um, it had that haunting melody that mm. was catchy. Um like and you know you'll get to hear it in a second but um when i wrote that i was like oh wow that's cool and you know i really wish i could take credit for writing it because i did but it you know like you don't you don't even you're not even conscious of what you're doing when you're doing it i see um kind of so, just happens exactly yeah right it, so you you wouldn't like know how to like replicate no, that feeling never right never ever that's no. what makes these songs so special to me like I I don't know like good music theory I don't know and I don't want to jade myself by learning it because then I take away the magic so For when sure. something happens I'm like oh oh this is it right here yeah and <laughs> so I hit I hit one of those things in this song and um. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it one of those things that you just like get this idea and you just keep going and you just like keep going until you like you're done because yes. you can't stop because you'll lose like your mojo. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And I, the fact that the word radio is in the chorus is so wild because I thought to myself, put in the word radio in a song, that's that's whack. But <laughs> it felt right and I, it was haunting me. So I was like, well, it's haunting and it's catchy. So let's let's roll with it. Right off the bat, I have a cool question. Yes. I'm not saying I'm a fan of this band. Okay. But is there any Tame Impala influence on Radio Man with the backing vocals? Ooh. Good question. I don't know if you did it intentionally, but that was like the first thing I thought of. And that's not an insult. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. So many of my friends love Tame Impala. The answer? No. Okay. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to like any Tame Impala. But Neither do I. But. When I hear it, I'm like, Oh, this is nice. Mm. So I like it. But there's, yeah, no influence. That's So actually the influence for Radio Man was that last song that played, Roberto Carlos Amigo. Mm. That is a great song. It is a great song. My pops used to run it back. And I was like, yo, run that back, pops. 
That's what also another thing I was going to ask you about is like your parents' music and their taste and their influence on you. How, like, what did they play? Do you think that it like influenced a lot of what you like today or make? Um, well, honestly, like the mo the music that sticks out the most from what my dad would play because he would play a lot of stuff, and I was like, eh, this is mid. <laughs> and then, but when he would play Roberto Carlos, mm. I was like, oh, this is special. And so I didn't even discover this until like maybe a couple of months ago. Like almost all the songs that number one are catchy and number two are haunting that I remember from my youth were all Roberto Carlos songs. Wow. Really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I just crazy. had this revelation. Like I, I'm not even kidding when I say a couple months ago. Wow. Very recently. And I was like, whoa. So now, you know, I just I run like the... Um, Roberto Carlos like greatest hits CD, well you know <laughs> Apple Music and right. um, and I just listen to that I'm like ooh, it's this wonderful. Is good. What about it? Is there anything that you could point out that kind of like feels, or is it just like how it feels, how it makes you feel? Um, well first off you know since it was recorded a while ago like it's got that old school like you know tape recording mm -hmm. um, feel to it, so it's nice and crisp and crunchy and that paired with like the it's it hits both of those aspects of like catchy haunting mm. those are like the two things i i go back to mm -hmm. do you so i know kyle wrote this down as a question but your your music has like a very it's like lo-fi but like hi-fi at the same time i don't know how to explain it if you yeah, like, yeah i mean what i kind of got from it it was like i know you are definitely going for some like lo-fi aesthetic in a way i know with like your vocals and stuff but at the same time like sonically it sounds like really good mm -hmm. so how did you like come to that like decision that you want to like or how do you like maintain like the lo-fi aesthetics but like still have like like crisp clean like really good sounding recording hmm. good question um i'm not really sure i mean well i think so the lo-fi aspect i think is mainly do like all the songs that are out every single one uh ugly friends radio man i'm trying to think if there's any exceptions maybe serotonin pocket no even that one um all of them were recorded in my bedroom mm -hmm. and you know i know there's kind of like that cliche it's like bedroom pop and <laughs> you know I, I wouldn't really call it that it's just more like that's the space where it goes mm -hmm. down for sure um so you know like, I don't have, like, the best of the best gear. I'm not really, like, going to studios necessarily. And, I, and I've tried making music, like, in the studio with some producers and stuff. But I don't know. I feel more comfortable and down to explore on myself the, in my bedroom than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, take that however you want. But uh, I just, like, yeah, get into it and hope something cool happens. <laughs> yeah, so... I know that you said like your bedrooms like your not like your safe space but it's like your it's like your place for <laughs> it is my safe space <laughs> same for me but um it's it's just kind of the place where Dude, I don't want to hear about this <laughs> relax <laughs> come on your bedroom buddy <laughs> come on um you're sick <laughs> but since like does like does the environment that you make your music in kind of like I guess restrict or like do you produce most of your music by yourself do you have any like main collaborators that you work with or is like is it all just you um definitely i work with my homie cool kojak and you know he's a big baller in the 
in the producer world. Like he's, for all of you who don't know, Cool Kojak is kind of an OG. And funny enough, this is crazy. You're not even going to believe this. Um, so right now where I live is in Amherst, and I live on Northeast Street. Back in the day, and I mean back in the day, like many years ago, Cool Kojak lived on Northeast Street in Amherst. That's crazy. Now, uh, he's basically, you know, L.A., but he produced Blow by Kesha. He produced Cyber Sex by Doja Cat. Oh, my God. He produced, like, he's made some Right Round by Kesha and Flo Rida. Like, he did that. So Whoa. He, yeah, he was like a titan of the pop. How did you get linked with this stuff. guy? Um, I met him through a mutual homie, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I, I went out to L.A. for the first time ever, um, and then I got got introduced to him, and we just started kicking up. And so when you say he, he produces for you, does that mean yep. you come to him with an already made song or you come to him with an idea or you come to him with, you know, like half of a demo or something like that? Like what? Um, the way the in? stuff that we've like the stuff that we put out. Well, so a couple of them uh, got a new guitar today. Like that. Yeah, that one was like all me. And that one that one really hits, you know, I guess like the lo fi, like really crunchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and the other ones I would like have fully done in terms of, you know, like what I what I would do with them, mm-hmm. and then you know you get some fresh ears on it, and like Ugly Friends, like Kojak came through and and laid down some like guitar in the back mm. that like really added a lot to it, and like threw on like a little drum kit and stuff, like you know he's he's helping like polish it up, and then also another co-producer that I've been working with is Phil Grease. And he's also a really dope producer. He did, and it, it's wild too, because like these artists and songs, like nothing like what I'm doing. And, I, and that's where I think that like that cool crossover is, like just you know playing with things that don't normally go together. Like I feel like I would be considered, well, I am an indie artist. Like I'm not signed. And I'm just completely, you know, just doing whatever I want, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Uh, I'm, you know, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Spit it out. Uh, like working with Phil Grease, he made Savage Love with wow. um, Jason Derulo wow. and also Jeez. Mi Gente with J Balvin and like, he's like massive, massive records. Oh my God. It's so pretty, they, they, it's like interesting that you don't know, like I don't know these names, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's interesting that they've worked on such big songs and you don't necessarily hear who they are, but do you feel like there's like still some sort of like hierarchy or like power dynamic there when you work with them or is it pretty natural like they're pretty understanding people everybody is dope yeah and amazing yeah yeah it's tight it's dope it's like it's got you know good energy everybody's just like loving on each other like we all like kiss and stuff and it's <laughs> yeah. amazing that's what you want in a studio session exactly I guess. yeah no just music of, all kissing a whole lot of kissing <laughs> smooch it up yeah for sure i had a quick question about Actually, it's about your album covers or yes. your your single covers. Oh, cool! So I feel like the first three singles that you released, they have like pretty dark and like gloomy covers. Mm-hmm. But then when Radio Man came out, it's just like vaporwave, like cool, like trippy art, and same with Serotonin Pocket. So what was like the switch up between like your inspiration for like single covers? Because I feel like the other ones are like they just give off like completely different vibes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Yeah, I think so for like those first three, you know, um, I, I did the covers like very much like singles. Um, meanwhile, with Radio Man and Serotonin, as I'm looking to start making more cohesive pieces of work, mm. um, you know, whether it's like a, a project or something that will eventually come out, um, I'd like to start like tying things together artistically. Um, both in the creation and as well as like the, you know, the other visual sides that accompany it. So yeah, they're starting to tie together. I mean, if, um, also shout out Mia De Pasquale. Um, she did the art for just about all of, oh, oh, actually she did Radio Man, Serotonin Pockets and Ugly Friends. And, um, she did like so good when I, I have like a lot of crazy requests and I kind of just rattle them off to her which is like so much to handle and i don't i wouldn't be able to do it on if i was on her end but she's able to do it really well um so she did the art for radio man and serotonin pockets and was Mm -hmm. able to like very much marry them together having like the same background the same feel to them so yeah so would you say that like visuals are a huge or i guess not like the biggest part because obviously the music's the biggest part but it's important to you and do you have like some sort of aesthetic that you want to push along with your music? Because I know that's a huge part of a lot of artists. Or have you not thought about that at all yet, really? Um, I do think about it. I'm not really great at doing it, but I don't know. It It is something I'm definitely conscious of. And, I mean, I feel like that's why I haven't really posted too much. Um, that, aside from the fact that I just, like, straight up don't really like being on social media that much. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I would love to start making things that feel, I don't know, that really just, like, capture how I've felt through the creation of a lot of stuff, Um, which in reality is, like, I I feel like I make the best work when I'm kind of, like, just uncomfortable. Mm. And, you know, being able to, I want to make stuff that feels uncomfortable. Feels uncomfortable, but soothing, but also weird. Have you guys ever seen, like, there's like dreamscape pictures or like yeah for sure space the back room yeah, yeah the back yeah. rooms yeah. yep yep stuff like that exactly do you think so i know you're saying you you want your music <clears throat> to kind of sound uncomfortable do you feel like there needs to be some sort of discomfort or some sort of challenge that like an artist needs to face in order to make music that is good and is like portraying you know some kind of struggle i guess um not necessarily i mean like I don't know. As far as what my process is, I I can't even really speak on behalf of, like, anybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's plenty of songs that I've probably listened to that the artist was like, um, I want to make something that people like, and I ended up liking it. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I think it would absolutely mess up everything I'm doing if at any point in the process I was thinking, oh, let me try doing this so people like it. Mm it's not going to come out right. It's going to come out really, really bad. And I would never even want to do that because I hold music and art like so sacred in my, in the way I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like, you know, I I don't know, like as much as I would love to make art, my career. And I, I think that's exactly where it's headed. That is not the primary focus, um, in the least really. Mm. And, so I've been in, like, situations where, uh, 
you know, and that's why I also don't collaborate with anyone really like, um, in terms of like, you know, songwriters or whatever. It's so hard to try and make something like the second, I'm just a pain in the butt to work with. Like if anybody said something along the lines of like, oh, let's do this. So it's catchier. Or let's do this. So, Cause whatever, as much as I love catchy things, like I wouldn't go out of my way to do it yeah. because it would make it like more digestible. That would ruin right. it for me, and then I would just step away from it. Yeah. So at the, at the end of the day, the goal is to make like a timeless song, a song that is fun for you to listen to. Yes, yes yeah. That you like. And, and that's why I really like the dynamic of how it works with me working with the producers I work with, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like I can send them what, where I've brought it to and know like, you know, what my thought process was while I was making it, right. keeping it really. I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they're thinking, oh, this is how I make more people like it. But they're not in the room with me, so it's like, it's great because then I just, you know, I've put out my stuff and it's, it's never going to feel bad to me to listen back. Was there, yeah, right. Was there ever a time that you sent something to a producer or sent something to get mixed or mastered and it came back and you were like, this is not, like, I don't like it anymore or like, this is messed up or something like that? I mean, yeah, there's always going to be little things to, there's always going to be things to fix. It's never going to be perfect yeah. first go occasionally actually maybe raspberry lips was kind of perfect first time i got it back i was like wow that's nice so most of the time it'll get sent to you and then you'll be like you'll take some notes and then send it back yeah right. yeah you workshop stuff mm-hmm. you know so i know who you're talking about how art and music are two things that you like hold sacred or your i guess your views and i guess about them mm-hmm. um is there anything external to music or art or even could be art that you find that really inspires you or your music? Um, really just like, uh, I don't know, like feeling something. I mean, like I said, I don't really know too much about like, I don't know very much music theory at all. Mm-hmm. I've taken music theory one as a class many, many times and it's <laughs> never stuck with me ever. Yeah. Like I know, I know if you pointed to a keyboard, I could tell you like what each note is. <laughs> but as far as like keys and whole whole half whatever yeah. like for the most part i know a little bit but on a very much more real note i know none of it <laughs> so but none of that stuff's important yeah but the feelings you get and you know i could i could make like certain chord structures on a guitar and then just drag it up and down but if you were like hey play this and you know whatever minor yeah i would be like mm. nope. i think that's interesting Sorry, buddy boy because like some artists have you know like scales or or keys that they love um but do you do you feel like there are other things that you have that are like feel like signatures to you like maybe like gear or like guitar pedals or like things like that like a guitar or strings or something like that that gives you a sound that you love um yeah i play with a lot of pedals i fell into a rabbit hole where i bought like 10 pedals <laughs> before my last show and i was like oh sh- that'd be a shoegaze artist <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not with the shoegazy. <laughs> That's interesting because I actually wrote a question down that on Ugly Friends, I felt that it was super dreamy and like the way that that song like fills the air. I was yeah. wondering if you were inspired by shoegaze, but I guess you answered the question for <laughs> me. No, I mean like I, you know, I probably have heard shoegaze songs um, that I like. I'm just. It's so hard for me to listen to something and be like, hmm, how do I classify this? Right. I just want to sure. listen, close my eyes, you know, do my thing. 
but, so what, but I think to answer your question, like probably I've heard subconsciously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So right. what kind of pedals are you rocking right now? Or what pedals you use when you record guitar in your songs? Um, I don't think I use any recording, but like the pedals I got right now, let's start going in. <laughs> uh, Gear talk. We got the DS one. Okay. We have the boss tuner. I forget which one. I think it's a TU three or something like that. Yep. Classic. Um, the Ibanez Tube Screamer, which my nice. homie, yeah, my homie Gio threw it down for me, hooked it up. Gio, I know you're listening right now. Thanks, <laughs> boss. Um, what else? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, my homie Geskel gave me a whole bunch of pedals, that, and I haven't really gotten to try them out. Uh, like a Red Llama. Uh, I think it, one of them was a Chorus. He gave me the MXR Digital Del- No, no, no. MSR Carbon Copy. Yep. I think it is. Uh, the blue one. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or his is like shiny and green and like sparkly and stuff. It's oh, dazzling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, um, shiny. I haven't tried it yet. What do you think's like w- one pedal, if you could recommend to like a player, like one pedal, one necessarily necessary pedal? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm dipping my feet in the pedal waters right now, but um, I don't know. They're all so cool. This is the thing is like, they're all so cool, and every time I plug in, like, what else do I got? MXR compressor or something. Like, anytime I turn a pedal on, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, for sure. That is so dope. And then I never use it in <laughs> my recordings or anything. <laughs> the best thing ever to do is It's, like, just... hard. It's, like, hard to work in those, like, sounds and effects. I remember yeah. when I found out about, like, tremolo. Like, you know that effect? I haven't even tried that out. It, like, bounces from ear to ear. Yeah. And you can yeah, change, like, the safe. rate and delay. I started putting that on everything. Like, every time I use a bass now, I put it on. I know my favorite thing to do is to like go into a guitar center and just like plug in a guitar and they have like the full boss set up oh, yeah. there and just mess yeah. around with the stuff. But it's I'm, like the meme. You're not supposed to play like Stairway to Star- Heaven. Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, it yeah. smells like Teen Spirit, <laughs> all that stuff in a guitar store. But like speaking of these pedals, um, you said you're gearing up for some live music. Um, I know you have a gig actually here at UMass. Yeah. How did you? Yeah. How'd that come about? Um, one of the homies from Salt hit me up and was like, hey, do you want to do a show on, I believe it's March 26th. Let me actually confirm that really quick. <laughs> you hear it here first. Okay. See, I'm not exactly the most organized person. Okay. Okay. Let me check. Let me check. Um, come on. Come on. All right. Let's just say I, I'm pretty positive it's March 26th. And it's right. at the ILC Pete's Coffee. Yeah. Um which is a coffee shop, um, locally owned, uh, family-run business, and you know the guy who works there has been working there for twenty years. Yeah, Pete himself. Pete himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know you were telling us earlier before we started this interview that it was going to be you, a guitar, and mm-hmm. your loop pedal, and what other pedals you had. I think so. I don't know because uh, we we just got the show like confirmed yesterday, I believe. So, you know. I haven't even thought of how I'm going to go about it, but yeah, something like that. It's going to be a good time anyways. Everybody, come on down. Come on down, see Pool Fire. Come on down, see Pool Fire. It'll be cool. So you've been growing a lot lately, <clears throat> getting the streams up, getting that I'm money. I'm six feet now. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Santa, my money. <laughs> um, so I don't know. What would be your advice to like any artist who's trying to start out, trying to get their name out there? Um, I don't know if you would necessarily consider yourself successful, but I, I think you're, you've made it to an extent. You know what I mean? I've made it. Um, I would just be like, you know, quit while you're ahead. 
abandon your <laughs> dreams um sell out sell out if you have songs just try and hit up some like bigger artists and be like hey take these songs off my hands mm. i'm just insignificant and i'll i'll never amount to anything and that's it are you kind of feeling jaded with the music game right now no, the music industry no. i'm totally kidding um yeah. yeah i mean if like if you're really into it go for it and go just go bananas like mm-hmm. don't don't stop don't give up you can do it you really can um as long as you like actually care about the music and and you care about making really amazing stuff and and pushing yourself and whatever like this is the thing people don't really realize especially maybe around here where it's not as much of like a booming industry and and music and stuff it's like music is a career just like anything else Mm. um so you know people will dedicate tons and tons and tons and tons of time to follow a certain career path like you're going to college for four years to study something like if you want to do music put four years of Mm. like you know dedicated time specifically to music and go out and treat it the same way like try and make um connections and meet people and and whatever and just you know like eventually i feel like something will fall through you know that was actually another thing i realized um because maybe about two or three weeks ago uh and i don't know if you guys saw this but Elton John shouted out Radio Man. I saw that. Congratulations. On his radio show. Yeah. I, pff, thank you, guys. And, yeah, I was, like, taking it back, and I was like, that's Elton John saying my name. <laughs> he knows who I am, and he loves me, and I love him, and we're best friends, and we hang out all the time now. <laughs> um, and you know it's the truth because you can't lie on the radio. So yeah. we're homies. That's one of the rules. We, don't swear, don't lie. Yeah, don't swear, don't lie. <laughs> Um, no eating or drinking either. No eating or drinking. Big one. So anyways, he shouted it out and I was freaking out and I called my mom and my mom was crying and she was like, oh, I always thought you were a loser, but it turns out you're not. And I was like, you're so right. Like, I'm not a loser. Um, kidding. But she was crying. And the thing was like, I was so like taken aback. But then also when I thought about it, I was like, well, if you think about this mathematically, something had to have happened at some point where like, Someone that I really respected. Because, like, you know, Elton John is Elton John. Yeah. And he is, as far as songwriters go, like, if he's not at the top, he's around the top. Um, For sure. And so, like, you know, it was just astounding. And, but like I said, like, if you think about it mathematically, someone was bound to notice me at some point just because i've made music in some form or another for 10 years also mm. i'm also realizing i never answered your question when you said how long have you been making music for like seriously making music or seriously attempting to for like 10 years wow yeah that's crazy does it like what does it feel like to like look back on like when you were first making music and you're like um do you feel it like the actual music like horrible but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, keeping at it for that long, like, I'm glad I did. I'm really yeah. glad I did. Do you feel like there are times, like, when you get writer's block or beat block or, like, you know, oh, you, yeah. can't, you can't make something? Oh, yeah. What do you suggest? What, do you, what are your remedies for that? Um, I don't know. I would very much encourage anybody who knows to let me know. <laughs> Hit them up. 
That's a hard By thing. the way, if you know the cure to beat block, if you know the cure to writer's block, please give us a call. We have a phone. 413-545-3691. Ask me a question. Ask Poolfire a question. Ask DJ Frank Genius a question. Yeah, ask us something, because we, we need to know. And, and if you have anything to tell us, let us know. But uh, one thing that I do find helps with the whole writer's block thing is, um, you know, going at it, and, and I guess this is the only reason I'm able to make music, period, is, like, every time, as I'm sure you've heard if you've listened to any of my music, like, each song is wildly different than the last. Mm-hmm. And it helps so much when you do that, when you write something. Like, I just made a song for my dad because he just got married recently um, in the Dominican Republic. And, I, and I've always wanted to make bachata. And I never knew how to do it. So I just went and started making a, a song recently. And I, like did it really fast and easily because it was like new it was fresh and any ideas i had were like just flying in yeah um does it make you kind of when you try something new like that does it make you feel like you're like relearning music again like you yeah because i remember like when i first started making music and i found out about like mad lib like producer yeah i was like whoa like i've never heard anything like this like and i like went full steam like trying to make music like he made and that was like very exciting for me i stopped so I, I don't know, does it feel the same way for you, like, when you try something new? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, like, it's exciting, yeah. Yeah. Definitely exciting. Yo, uh, side question. Did Madlib produce Auditorium by Most Def and Slick Rick, which you can't listen to on Spotify, but it is on YouTube and it's such a great song? It's possible. I think maybe he did. The production on that is unreal. I heard it finished with Most oh, I did. Def. Yeah, Madlib producer. Let's go. And Most Def. Yeah, that's awesome. I love Most Def. Yeah. Terrific song. Yeah, great song. Slick Rick's like, I love him. He's a great rapper. Yeah, he's an OG. <laughs> but oh, uh, I know you, you were talking about how you've been making music for so long, but is it is it really just the strive and the drive to want to make music is why you keep doing it? Or is it, do you have any like other goals in mind with it? Or is it just your love for making music or you just feel like you have to? Um, it's just for your me, output. Yeah, for me, it's like, you know, as, like, the test of time has shown that, uh, obviously, whether or not I'm broke or making music, or, or making money from my music, like, I'm still gonna make music. So, yeah, I have to. Um, because for a long time, I was not making any money at all. In fact, I was spending lots of money to make whatever music, like, to make the music I could sound good, you know? Um, whether it's like paying for programs or just whatever, but, um, yeah, like it's gotta happen. The music's gotta be made. My mom just texted me, writer's block cures, movement, walk in woods, connect to nature, meditate, let go. It will come when you let go. That's amazing. (laughs) Does your mom write stuff? Um, from here, from time to time. She's not a musician, but, um, she's a smart, she's a smart woman. No, she's a, she's like a social worker. Shout um, out Jonah's mom. Sabrina, yeah. Shout out Sabrina. Shout out Sabrina. Um, but yeah. So, w- so I know you were talking earlier about like, you know, putting four years into it as if it's a job. Do you feel like mm-hmm. you've you, like flipped the switch and like, you know, really dedicated yourself to the music yet? Or is that something you're still waiting to do? Or are you in the process of it? To fully dedicate to my music? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been there for a long time. You're there. <laughs> yeah. Like, and do you, do you feel like you, you're seeing the changes? Um, n- I don't, 
maybe kind of i don't know like elton john knows you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is pretty crazy that's pretty fair um yes like i i guess yeah yeah like the logistical changes yeah yeah i'm seeing it for sure but um but as far as like the mindset and everything like i don't know the goal has always been make really cool stuff that i'm proud of and so that's why there is such like a crazy screening process and you know all the songs like are different and everything is because like i really can't put anything out unless i'm very very happy with it mm-hmm. and i can listen to it forever mm-hmm. what's the longest you've spent like working on a song um i don't know maybe well i have some music that's that's finally getting to see like a home and stuff and i've had that for like probably three years maybe even longer yeah wow impressive so you're really living with it yeah well sometimes and sometimes it's just like you just it just comes out really fast like Mm -hmm. and -hmm. song's done so speaking of growth and stuff Mm -hmm. um i know a few of your songs have been on like pretty big spotify apple music playlists yeah so how does that happen i know it's like the algorithm's a huge part of it um you have, like, a, you have a good manager? I do have a good manager. Yeah. Shout out my manager, Alex Luke. He's the man. Ager, and he's pretty good. Um, no, he's awesome. He really helps push stuff. Um, and surprisingly, like, a lot of, a lot of like, the, the cool growth really comes from, like, and I, this is what I always try and, like, uh, tell anybody because, you know, at this point, this is my second project that I've been able to, like, move some streams onto because for a while i was doing like this other project called young face that i was doing more like um reggaeton stuff and like rap stuff and r&b stuff and i even got to the point where i got nominated for a boston music award and i was super stoked but i was like i don't know this i don't think this is the project that you know how like you develop as a person you're not you're not even really fully yourself till like mm. your frontal lobe develops at 25 or something <laughs> For sure. right so i was like this isn't fully me yet let me just evolve into a beautiful butterfly with big fat wings that can take to the skies and and now yeah. you're pool fire and now i'm pool fire was it hard to like give up that whole because you ha- i mean that's some traction nope. you want to know no really <laughs> yeah <laughs> you didn't I care. deleted all my social media wow. just stopped doing it Cause also, oh, that was the other side of it too. And this is why I don't use social media that much is like that whole social media is so bad for your mental health. Like Mm, it's unbelievable. And you know, it's fine if like, you're not really using it too heavily and stuff. But when you are like an artist and you're using it very heavily to like really put yourself out there and engage with people and stuff, like it is so taxing because Mm. now you're just. I don't know, having like a platform where people are like tuned into what you're saying and whatever and you're and you're putting your real feelings. I would put out my feelings just the same way I would in my songs on social media. Yeah. It's like I don't know, going on there and seeing the crazy people. There is crazy, crazy people on social media. There is. It's yeah. just like, dude, I can't deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> so but you didn't have like any remorse or like any I guess it's more like cause I would imagine if I built up like a platform, you know, this, yeah. this spotify station has a hundred thousand streams or whatever yeah like was it tough to let go of or you didn't really care you were like i can get it back um and you did. no i just i said bye-bye 
Yeah. And I just deleted it all. <laughs> and then you came up with Pool Fire. And where'd the name come from? Uh, I always thought to myself, if I had a band, I would call it Pool Fire. So. Really? Yeah. Like, not always, always. But I I thought about it. Pretty and early I was like, on. That's a pretty cool name. I feel, so. like, I feel like a lot of people have a, a band name like that. And I know mine is Skunk Dungeon. <laughs> Skunk Dungeon. <laughs> Don't steal it if you're Skunk listening. Dungeon coming out. Coming <laughs> Hold out on, soon. Let me write that down. So I can start <laughs> <something>. <laughs> but, um, Skunk Dungeon. I know you've been in the game for like a while. Have That's there been any like. But. <laughs> Let's keep going. What are you saying? <laughs> I know you've like been making music for a while. Has there been any like local artists or collaborators that have really like inspired you or have like paid influence you either in like your hometown? You said you're from Woburn or like oh, even yeah. in Amherst. Oh yeah. Um, Gaskell, he's an artist out of Worcester, Mass. He is an unbelievable inspiration to me. He's mm. one of the most talented songwriters I've ever met in my whole life. And he's only like, at like 19 or 20 or something i don't know but dude is unbelievable he's gonna be a massive massive artist one day hmm. and what so in terms of like what you think makes a good artist I, personally i feel like well let me ask you yeah do you think that it's more about taste or skill when it comes to like being a, a talented and good artist that people like um both of those and vulnerability and uh like dedication and like yeah i mean i don't know there's so many different aspects of it mm -hmm. that it's hard to really pinpoint it mm -hmm. but um yeah being able to just like really put yourself out there in your work and that's the thing that's really hard like you know even even if you listen to like old young lean stuff i love young lean yeah. you're like what shut up but you're also like this is this is masterful yeah, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it's like sweet. I mean, it's very naive, right? There's something. Yeah, like in those early ones, you're like, this is on some weird, like, but also innocent, but mm. also like very, you know. Uh, yeah, just so, put yourself out there. Yeah, put yourself out there. Listening to like early music from artists is such like a cool thing. Like hearing that, like I don't know, it's almost like it's a lot of times like worse quality. It's like it, every room has its like own sound for sure. And it's like I don't know, it gives you an insight into like. Do you have, like, demos like that where you, like, listen back to them and you're like, whoa? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Old music. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think I think just the ability to put yourself out there is probably the, the most important thing I would say to anybody who does want to make music. Because, like, you can instantly tell when somebody is trying to make music to appease people. Mm -hmm. And it many times it is commercially successful. That's awesome. Great. Um, and if that's your path, this is why, like, I, you know, I say artist, but a lot of times I use it very, like, um, I don't know. Like, I think there's a difference between being an artist or a, a musician or a marketer or, like, the head of a brand of some sort. Like, there's many people who put out songs that I wouldn't really deem artists, mm. you know? Um, Drop some I, names. <laughs> yeah. Drop some names. Yeah. Famous people. A lot yeah. of industry plans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for These sure. These guys come in. They think they can make music. They can't. <laughs> this, this stinks. No. Uh, it's not even anything like that. I mean, I feel like you have to be a beast in your own regards to do that stuff as well. So it's not even like bashing. Like, you know, I, I couldn't write a hit song. I don't think. Well, actually, yeah, I could. I can make a hit song. 
you I'm gonna make you will. You think you if, will. <laughs> do you think if you went full like you know if you just went into every like algorithm you went like and made the most catchy like quote unquote catchy song? Do you think you could make a hit? No, no, I would never be able to make a catchy pop record that was like, like formula. I yeah, I could right. never do it. I wouldn't even know how. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that can do that, it's unreal to me. That's mm-hmm. like that is like you said, like that is a skill. Yeah. Um, cause you have to be able to have an ear and have like, you know, the taste and also, but you have to be able to have that other side that I don't have where you're thinking the people who are listening to this are going to hear it like this. Like I can't do that. So yeah. that's a skill. It's a major skill. Yeah, man. And that's why it's so profitable. I think what's a pretty cool thing though, is that a lot of really big pop songs aren't really trying to be what's popular and it gets big through being something so unique that mm. like the the status quo like the popular music becomes trying to replicate like that kind of sound yeah no so. I, I totally agree with that and that's that's why i say like um you know when i say i totally can make a hit i totally can but yeah. it's not gonna be i wouldn't be able to make it like this is this is the thing I have, like, a weird feeling, and it's not even so much a feeling. It's also, like, <laughs> based on, like, the the back uh, the backroom data, that Radio Man could be a hit. Um, and that's only because, like, if you look at, like, the save ratios of people listening to it and whatever, like, it performs better than so many songs that are unbelievably commercially successful. Mm-hmm. Um only because you know and and i don't have the funding or anything to push it like it's really just moving organically like literally i'll I'll post it on reddit or something (laughs) and like hope it moves to the top like it's very grassroots to push but now that i'm seeing that and, and this is like a conversation we had the other day where we're like whoa this thing is moving it hasn't been on any like major spotify play playlist or anything and it's at like 50 something thousand streams mm. and we're like oh people we, just like it it's yeah just a good song. yeah dude that's the other thing too like you see the number of people who listen to it versus how many times they listen to it it's unreal yeah and so yeah, i'm like crazy Uh-oh. maybe i should this is what i i was telling uh both of you right before we came on air that i was like i might just go to the bank and take out a big fat loan and just push yeah. the crap out of this yeah because if you have a hit record you're set for life yeah it's dude. true yeah dude after the ep comes out yes yeah pool fire push era pool fire push i want to ask you um what do you know about dungeon and crusty bob <laughs> dungeon oh my god whoa yeah Dude, that's actually... <laughs> I know a little too much about the dungeon <laughs> and Krusty Bob. Um, yeah, so when I was staying with Cool Kojak, who's like, you know, this this dope producer and my homie, and uh, I was staying in his dungeon, his little dungeon basement, and so he had like a nice little room that I could just like chill in while I was over there and making music and all this stuff. Um, and in the dungeon, there was also this guy who was living there and his name was Krusty Bob and he's really chill. He like just, you know, sleeps on the floor in the corner. Um, he won't bother you, but you do wake up to like back massages and like (laughs) kind of weird stuff in the middle of the night. And you're like, what are you doing? But you know, he's a nice guy. So you just, I don't know. 
That's yeah. like the that's like the LA grunge like yeah yeah artists making it lifestyle exactly yeah. and like if Krusty Bob's like you know it, it's nothing <laughs> who nothing cares bad. if you're getting like a unsolicited back massage if you're getting 50k streams on Spotify yeah and you know like normally you have to pay for a back massage so I'm like all yeah right, all right this guy's cool all right here's I an- keep I like I tell Kojak about him and then Kojak's like dude that is not cool <laughs> I'm trying to kick him out I was like no no no, no, no. he's fine <laughs> is it in like Kojak's spot or it's in his studio. It's in it's like, his no. It's in he does, Kojak doesn't even know he's there. What? Like, yeah. Is, is Krusty Bob? <laughs> Wait, a, how did you, an imaginary no, friend? Yeah, this is just this is just like an inside joke. How did you find out about is this Nardwar two point oh? Your pool fire. We had to know. <laughs> we, we had to know. We, we have to know. We did have yeah, to know. Krusty Bob. <laughs> um, I also have a, I also have another Christmas. question for you. Um, are you a fan of hard kombucha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> this really is. Okay, and I know where you're getting this information. <laughs> Shout out Porsche bets. <laughs> um, yeah, I like hard kombucha. Tastes good. Juneshine. That's the good stuff. All right, man. Um, I, I can't really drink it now because it's like I think it's like six or seven percent or something alcohol. So <laughs> if you have like one, you're kind of already feeling something. If you, have, <laughs> if you have seven, you're really feeling something. <laughs> I didn't even know hard kombucha was like a thing. Yeah, I've never heard of. I it just in my like. Life. Jonah got these questions from Porsche Bets, and I just read them. And um, yeah, but I guess last question. You know where he spoiled this? Used to work at Dunkin'. Yes, I, I know. Did. There's some pretty awful. I'm sure awful people that go to Dunkin'. What's like the worst story you have from working there? Um, honestly, did not mind the customers at Dunkin'. I actually worked at the one on University Drive, mm. so it was like all just like college kids and stuff, which was kind of like I don't know why, like. It, it was, like, semi, um, like, humiliating because some of them would even know about my old music, like, Young Face. <laughs> and they would come through and they'd be like, yo, oh, yo, I was just listening to you on my way to class, bro. <laughs> and it was, like, was really like, such cool. such a good impression. <laughs> yeah. It was, some, some frat bros, some Eisen bros. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. Eisen yeah. bros. Like, dude, I was just, like, learning, like, marketing tactics, getting back, like... <laughs> You know, some some crazy engagement and just, like, um, click-throughs to my landing page. And, like, dude, I was listening to this on my way to class. And you're working at Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're yeah. Like, yep, here's your coffee. Because that's the thing. Like, you know, at that point, I was I was getting, like, pretty fat streams on Young Face. Yeah. Um, but, like, people are like, well, They're like, yo, let me here? manage you. Let me manage <laughs> you, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, aren't you making make you money? Big. And it's like, nah, not really. Damn. Yeah, well, oh. but I did not like. Oh my god, my manager at Dunkin' Donuts, dude. <laughs> I hated her. It's always the managers. I hated her. Cause like, why? I went to the bathroom and she was like banging on the door while I was in the bathroom. And I was like, "What do you want me to do? <laughs> do you want me to just get up right now and open the door? I don't think you want that. One I of, definitely don't want." That. One of my buddies worked at uh, the Yard House, some restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was his second day, and he was in the bathroom, and he, the, his manager was banging on the door like, "Get out! You've been here too long." <laughs> yeah. And then he just went out. He's like, "I quit." And oh just left. man, so, power we, move. We don't yeah, like man. managers who get mad at you for going to the bathroom here. Yeah. yeah, man. But so, but you used to go to UMass, right? Yep. What were you I studying there? Um, I was doing visual advertising through BDIC, which okay. is my own major. Mm-hmm. I came up with it. And so some of the classes were going to be, like, marketing. Some of them were going to be, like, art, communication, stuff like that. And I was, like, 
I don't know, when I first came here, I was a, a kinesiology major. So I was learning like exercise science. And I was like, man, this ain't what I want to do. And then. A lot of boring stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's cool for what it is, but it just wasn't my boat. Yeah. And so, you know, I started doing this BDIC thing. Oh, and shortly <laughs> after, I uh, just didn't didn't do this. Oh, it's a phone call. Yeah, I thought, yeah. You thought I it was thought, like a fire alarm. I thought there was a gunman here. I was like, oh my <laughs> no, god, there isn't. No, <gasps> it's obviously you can't have a phone ringing when you're on the air, but oh, so we yeah. just have this light that flashes. That but sense. um, whoa. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, we had a caller though. His name was Ben. Yeah, he was real. We were all here. We all heard it. He was actually real. He really actually did call in. A legitimate um, <laughs> Shut up, we, we have fans. We have listeners, uh, just so you guys know. But he was saying, as a cure for writer's block, to steal. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was joking by that, but I think there's some legitimacy to the statement. Um, I don't know. I Use definitely it. saw on TikTok, that is a real thing. Like, you steal the chord progression and then you yeah. build around that. Yeah. Because you, you, can't, you can't copyright chord progressions. Um, and even even more real, it's just like every chord progression has been taken literally for sure thousand times over. Yeah, and I guess going back to what we were talking about earlier, like the song uh, you said, Green Day. We talked about that. The song "When I Come Around" by Green Day yeah. is like the most common chord progression. It's like "Take on Me" by Aha. It's like a billion oh, really? songs. There's that song. It's a uh, I forget what? what the band's called. It's some like like cringy like YouTube thing. I think it's called yeah. like Axis of Awesome. But it's called like the four chord song, and then it just plays every single song that has that chord progression. And it's like thirty <laughs> songs that you yeah. will all know. It's crazy. It's absurd. Oh, yeah. Snap. Yeah. yeah. It's so many. I mean, yeah. It's insane. So yeah, steal chord progressions. Oh, please snap. do it. Just not from Marvin Gaye's estate. Yeah, don't or, do it from Marvin Gaye because yeah. he'll sue you. He'll sue you. Well, the ghost of Marvin Gaye will sue you. Yeah. Oh snap. <laughs> real ghosts that's some scary stuff right there yeah it is dang anyways anything you want to tell us about talk to us about want to be asked um (laughs) what do i want to be asked uh i don't know i don't know let's just chop it up how's everybody feeling everybody have a good week we're doing well yeah good been pretty good yeah um pretty good week i guess i had a pretty good weekend Oh, yeah? Yeah. Went um, to a Northampton rave? Yes, I did. For those who don't know, there's a series of, like, dark techno raves going on at houses in Northampton. I was just telling Ben this, but uh, it's pretty sick. If you know, you know, um, and if you don't, you don't, but you can find them. But for anyone who wants to go to some cool raves or some cool house shows in Northampton, I'm not going to tell them where they are because it's one of those things that it's like, you can't really spread. It is. It is. (laughs) Dark techno rave. It's like, it's like cool. That's literally what it is. It's like, it's it's like all break beats and stuff. And it's like, you like go and it's like this house that's like, it's like the most like liberal house you and i'm not saying that in a bad way like <laughs> you go inside and it's all this it's like, the most liberal house i've ever been to <laughs> i ain't going back there <laughs> no, yeah. it's it's like it's like you go inside and there's all these like a cab signs no drake this and, like, time though right? no drake wasn't there this yeah. time. <laughs> we met drake at the last rave we went to no way yeah. Yeah. Um, no way we got a legal id he said swim radio yeah what the real drake from Toronto, yeah, him, him and his son. Um, they were at this dark techno. Radio. He was actually he was wearing he, he was Whoa. wearing all leather. Wait, are you guys being? Wait, what? Listen, no. dude, bro, listen <laughs> yeah. to it. Swim radio. That actually sounds so real. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I know you didn't meet Drake. For yeah, we we, told we, we met Tyler, the creator, too. Oh, yeah? Hold up. Where's his thing? So ready right Oh, no, wait. That's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's a little pump, I think. Hold on. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Who's this one? Yeah, this is Tyler. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, it's just we we told us we just made up this whole elaborate story last week or two weeks ago, and like my mom texted me, she's like, "You actually met Drake?" Like, no, oh, his mom, his so mom like texted, funny. She, yeah. she texted like the family group chat. Kyle met Drake. How cool! Oh man, I know it's pretty funny. Like I didn't want to tell you guys this, but the whole Elton John thing, like. I paid some guy off Craigslist, fifty bucks. <laughs> it you, was Krusty Bob. That was how I met him. Krusty Bob, Krusty Bob, Krusty Bob, Bob you, came through with you know British accent. The whole it's nothing organic. In the crust uh, mimicked his way into Apple Music, pretending to be Elton John, and started a radio show, and then shouted me out. Best fifty Ooh. bucks I've ever spent. That's serious though. Do you really have no idea how Elton John found your music? Um, I found out after the fact that like a. Uh, I think it like a programmer for um, either Apple Music or or like uh, Beats One Radio or whatever whatever their radio thing is like pitched it to him and I guess he liked it and then he shouted it out and I was that's like awesome. wow that's crazy that is amazing that is so sweet yeah I was super thankful for that that was really cool so why don't we go to round um, do a little bit of a fit check fit check Beats One Radio fit check DJ Frank Genius. What do we got? I guess I'll go first. Um, sorry to all the viewers out there. Kind of wearing almost the same exact thing I was wearing last time as I Boo. do every Boo. single day, pretty much. So we got the chucks Your on the feet. Whack. It is. It is. I know it's whack. I'm not a dresser. I don't try to be a dresser. But uh, <laughs> um, we got the chucks on the feet. You know, got some. Uh, I think Adidas socks on. Got some Levi's jeans. Keep it real. Keep it Levi's. If you're wearing any other kinds of jeans, you're a fraud and you should not be wearing them. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, actually, today we are wearing a, uh, a bootleg shirt. Um, I got this from some random Etsy seller. It's like one of those like 90s R&B like shirts like they would have of like, I don't know, like Selena or something. But it has, um, has Julian Casablanca's on it from uh, The Strokes. Also, solo artist. Worked Hard. with Daft Punk. Pretty sick. Hard. Got a... Uh, like a really ugly L.O. bean flannel on. My mom actually found this for me at Savers. Mm. Um, I cherish it. Um, it's pretty ugly, but it's comfortable. And I like how it's like not like a typical flannel. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that's it. Wonderful. All right. I'm wearing um, on top thrifted sweater from Thrifter. <laughs> Major Thrifter. Orvis Sandonona. Um, I'm rocking... Keith Haring t-shirt. Nice. Classic. Rockin' American Eagle belt. Sorry, I don't support fast fashion. Um, thrifted pants. Wait, I'm wearing an American Eagle belt too. Yo, bro. We got the I same I forgot belt. to mention that. That's an American I, Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adidas socks. Oh, Nike socks, my bad. Reeboks on feet. Classics. Nice. Doubt. Ben? Uh, I just want to say, American Eagle sounds like it would be such like a different brand than what it is right? i agree yeah it's just uh, some like trying to be like trendy but yet kind of classy <laughs> like brand like all those one of those mall American brands Eagle. uh i got nikes as my shoes and i don't know what kinds they are they're cool they're, though yeah they're cute and then i got two uh non-matching socks on real stinky mm. i'm actually wearing two pairs of socks so there's one sock under each sock um just to keep my pits warm and I'm wearing Dickies pants that I got at Walmart for nine bucks. 
which are actually like the sickest pants I've ever worn. Respect They're, the dickies. Yeah, dude. You, I could stretch in them. I could do yoga. I could do a split um, and start twitching. And I'm wearing a G-string, and then I got <laughs> a Russell brand hoodie. Um, the brand is Russell. Oh, oh, oh and, I, and I got a Carhartt beanie. Looking real sexy, succulent. Um, and then I'm just going to go out on the town and get whistled at. Um, I actually noticed this when you walked in. I think you're the first person I've seen wear a Carhartt beanie backwards. Was that intentional or you just throw it on? I throw it on. That's hard. That's your new look. That is pretty hard. I I can't even lie. I was was respecting that from afar. You're the new crisscross. What can I say, dude? Yeah. I I got my own sauce. Beautiful. And you have your own sauce. Sweet and sour. Um, so we're going to go back into the music. The most recent single we're going to play, Serotonin Pockets by Pool Fire. Anything you have to say about this song before we put it on? Um, yeah, I, uh, if you listen to it and your first thing you have to say is that it sounds like the strokes, please, please try listening to it just a wee bit, just a wee bit deeper. Listen um, to it deeper than the strokes. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's the one thing I do get like slightly tired of hearing is like, you know, these are like kind of like, I don't even know what you say, like, uh, lo-fi rock songs with latin inspired chord progressions so mm. by default it's gonna have like a little bit of strokes energy but just look past it i'm gonna be dead honest i am yeah. probably the biggest strokes fan i know and yeah. that is not one of the things i thought Thank about when i listened to it so <laughs> Finally, i think i have the that. authority on that also because i am wearing the julian casablanca shirt Good. but i actually did have a question about the song yep. before we yeah, mm-hmm. listen to it um i noticed how this song compared to your other songs is way more like upbeat in poppy is that is that intentional or is that just kind of how it just played out as you made the song because your other songs are definitely more of more like not like i want to i don't want to say indie because that could be so many things but i guess yeah, like yeah. it wasn't really like something you could like really i don't know i feel like you could like just like dance to this like it's like the drums are like pretty quick upbeat i don't know yeah i mean i think um like when i was making it i was like you know i, I want to keep things moving like i don't want to stick with like too much of like because ugly friends is very like you know it's kind of like this droning thing and it's more of like a feeling than it is like an energy um so you know putting some energy and stuff like, like i said like you know green day has been such a big inspiration in my youth and to make something that can be like a bit of more of like an anthem something that makes you want to bash your head into the wall and like you know do some destructive stuff is like it's dope and then to have it have like a surface level like candy candy coated appeal to it is like so cool it matches so well with that like uh, you know ironic uh like you know feeling of the lyrics and stuff so Mm, for sure i don't know dude that's what i'm saying you workshop something for long enough and eventually you can make it really it's a really killer killer song and i think it actually has a lot of potential to getting some more traction totally i love the opener the opener is like like the opening of the song is like addicting to like play back yeah it's so sick thank you so much pool fire for coming on yeah thank you this was amazing having you on here no problem it's been a blast it's been so much fun for me too this is um is this your first radio interview this is my first radio interview First of many. How First do you feel it went? Many. I feel like it went so spectacular. So I'm smooth. so 
happy to have you guys here thank you guys for taking me under your wing of course um, thank you so much for coming on we're pretty new to it as well amazing this was a great experience so to everyone out there remember the name pool fire pool fire so you're Go gonna hear it more often on instagram if you don't follow me on instagram and i don't hit a million followers by tonight i'm quitting music you guys you heard it. that follow him up and yeah. quit my job at this is pool fire and it's gonna be all your fault at this is pool fire at this is pool fire, pool fire on Go soundcloud pool fire on apple music pool fire on title on everything you listen to it's out there go listen to it run him up and yes. we are dj phantom and dj frank genius and this is swim radio and we'll be on next sunday yep from eight to ten and as i said that nick from porsche bets just texted me and Woo! said he's down for the interview oh really Woo! so he'll be here next sunday okay let's go shout out Porsche bets shout um, out Porsche bets that's a homie so tune in for that um and yeah that's about it it's about it thank you so much for listening yeah and thank you again ben pool fire you're the best you're the man very cool you for having me have a great night everyone good night Swim radio. Swim radio. Don't get it twisted. The best music. The best of the best in the hush Massachusetts. You are listening in this swim radio. It's hot on WNUA. Amherst. 91.1. Swim. Radio. 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 Radio.